What's good, fam? Thanks for joining me, your host, Corey Cabri, on the Living Life on Purpose podcast, where we discuss various topics on how to apply God's principles to your everyday life. I hope you enjoy the discussion. John 6.55. It's the in New King James Version. And it says, For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. I'm going to park there for a second. And then, bring up my NIV, John 6.55. NIV, it says, for my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Now, does that sound familiar to anybody? Just that one part. My, I know that the 55 doesn't. You know what I mean? My flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. I know that probably doesn't. But then he says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. And then he went on to say, just as living in the, just as, the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. But whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. I know that sounds familiar. It's just straight out of John 15. If you abide yep. in me and I in you. <laughs> right? Yep. Straight John 15. Straight John 15. So last week we pretty much got, we went into eating his flesh and drinking his blood. We went over to Matthew 4, and I don't know if you remember the scripture, but over in 4.4 where he told the enemy, he said, man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, and that word, word meant was command. And then we went over to Deuteronomy 8.3 where he talked about the same thing. And guess what he referenced in Deuteronomy 8? He referenced manna coming down from heaven. And how God tested the children of Israel. And the connection was basically the bread, or, or when over in Matthew 4, when, when Jesus told Satan, man cannot live by bread alone, he was basically telling him, man cannot live by bread, but by Jesus. <laughs> but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, which is Jesus. So he's like, so, so when Jesus came back over here in John, and when John is referencing this over in 55, that the blood of in the flesh is Jesus. Jesus was already telling us that way back in Deuteronomy. And he said it again in Matthew 4, and then John is saying it over here in 6. That man cannot live by bread alone, but by Jesus. That's, that's his flesh, his blood. That's real drink. Right? And, and what is that? What is that? That is, if you go to 15, John 15, which is where I am, He's talking about remaining in him, right? Because he said, if you eat my flesh and you drink my blood, you will remain in me. And then over in John 15, he says, I am the vine. This is five I'm reading. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Seven, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is 
to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Nine, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. So it's this this remaining, this remaining, and then his commands. Over in Matthew 4, 4, that word, word meant commands that proceed forth out of the mouth of God. Commands that proceed forth out of the mouth of God. It, and Jesus saying that's that's how you live. You can't live by bread alone, but you live by the commands that proceed forth out of the mouth of God. John 15, he's saying, you can do apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You got to remain in me. You have to keep my commands. If you don't, then you're like a branch that is laying apart from a tree and it withers. It's like it's like when you start to correlate all of this, which, which I'm going to go into a lot more detail, but I want to just brief and briefly touch on 55, 56, and then I'm going to get into 57 right after that. But 55 and 56, when you, when you think about living in this, this world, right, when you think about living in this world, we've talked about it before, everything is on a cycle, right? Everything is on a cycle. But it, before the but, everything is on a cycle and then it dies. I mean, every trend dies, every fad dies. You know, if you think about it, you know, every season goes away. So everything has a start and it has an end, right? And then when you're on that cycle of life, it's like all you can expect is your end. But then when Jesus comes along, well, this is the, the distinct thing within every religion in comparison to every religion because Jesus comes along and then he gives you a model of how you are to interact with a God. Right. That, that, nobody else talks about that. Now, everybody has a, a layout or a format of what you're supposed to do as to show your reverence to deity. But Jesus comes and models your interaction with a God, with the creator. He, he models basically the relationship. He models a relationship. See, nobody else talks about a relationship. No other religion talks about a relationship. I mean, that's like, what? It's probably blasphemous. You can't have a relationship with God. But that's just, that's just preposterous. But then you come through and you start reading about Jesus, and he says stuff like, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You got to consume me, consume me, meaning my words, because that's what he is. He's the word. You consume the word of me, and you follow my commands from me and it's like a direct correlation it's a direct interaction between you and God it's not a set of rules no it's an interaction between you and God just from the beginning when he said he created Adam and then he brought Adam the animals and he told him he came to him to see what he was going to name them it was an interaction between Adam and God and that's the display that's the display that Jesus came and displayed from his beginning to his end on earth, which in actuality, he doesn't have a beginning or an end. But in the flesh, he was modeling something. He was modeling a relationship on earth for us, showing us that, that we have to be solely consumed by God. 
by God, solely consumed by God. Now, let me go to 57 because, you know, you're like, man, well, what does that have to do with 56 and 55? Well, this is what it has to do with. He says, as the living Father sent, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. In other words, Jesus is basically saying, I want y'all to duplicate what I do with my God. I want you to duplicate what I do with my God. He says over in Matthew, John, John 5, John 5, he says, I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to start at 16. Uh, let me see. Uh, do I want to start there? Maybe not, but I'm going to start at 16 anyway. He said, for this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. The thing that he did was heal a man, told him to get up, take up his bed and walk. Mm-hmm. And, and then 17, he, but Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. What did he just say in 15? Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Never mind. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. He, he's basically telling you, which you read it. You just heard me read it to you. I can do nothing of myself. I'm following. I'm consumed with the commands of my father. My father put me here for a reason, and he's directing me. He's directing my every movement. There's a, there's a movement of me. I'm not here just going around in this cycle. I'm not here just on this, this, this turntable, and wherever I stop, <laughs> nobody knows. Wherever I go is wherever the wind blows me. You know, you, have, you hear people, the free-spirited people, they just blow with the wind. But they don't know where the wind is going or coming, so you, they're not really blowing with the wind. But, but they just make rash decisions. It's like without any direction. It's just, oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, I'm going to do this. But it's still by some spirit, some, something is giving them an inclination. In other words, there's an influence of every movement they're making, but it, has to, it is to no end, right? They just do that with everything. And Jesus is saying, no. My movements are in, on par with the direction of God. God is working, and I'm working. I see the Father doing something. That's what I'm doing. But, but why is that essential? It's essential because that's what he lives for. So when he says things like eat his flesh and drink his blood, see, that's living. When he says things like over in John chapter 4 where he says my meat is to do the will of my father that's living in reality living like he lives to do the will of his father he's consumed about he's consumed with everything God he's consumed with it he doesn't move without it that's his bread that's his water when he's thirsty he drinks on the spirit of his father when he's hungry he eats on the flesh of his father. That's what he's doing. And give me some examples. Give me give you some examples. In the Garden of Gethsemane. Familiar should be familiar with to you. Uh, he 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 was he was torn, in a sense torn, 
but still modeling. What? Modeling the relationship, indicating something. What? For us to see him doing something in action with his father. He, he, he said to his father, Lord, remove this bitter cup. Remove this bitter cup. He was about to go through something that he considered to be a cup that was bitter. In other words, something hard to swallow, something hard to do. He didn't want to consume it in a sense, but this is what he said. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. But, and I know we quote that a lot. We quote that a lot. And we say it a lot. But let me, let me just sort of, in a sense, dissect what Jesus is really saying. This is, this is what he's really saying. He's not saying, do whatever, I'm going to do whatever you want. No, no, no. He's saying, I already know what you want. And I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do what you want. Does that make see? See, I know that this probably was like, well, hold on. That, that, no, no, no. Let me. We say, Lord, whatever your will is, do it. But like, we don't know His will, and so we say, whatever your will is, Lord, that's that's do it. Your will be done. But no, Jesus knew what God wanted. God had already told him what He wanted. He had already told him, this is what I want done. He, Jesus already knew this is why he came to the earth. He was always debating with the Pharisees and Sadducees of what he came on earth to do. He knew what God wanted. But notice this. This is where it's going to hit home. When his flesh didn't want to go through with it, he said, regardless of my flesh not wanting to go through with it, I'm going to do what you want. I'm going to do what you want. Now, let me correlate that. I was listening to a podcast of mine, and I uploaded it. And we talked about this back in April of this year. been a while. It's like, man, time just flies. And the discussion was esteeming others above ourselves. Esteeming others above ourselves. Because that's love. Because that's what Jesus does. And even if I have been victimized, I'm even going to esteem this person that is victimizing me above myself. Now, now, in, in, now notice this before everybody get all in the tizzy. Notice this. That's a hard saying. That's hard to say and it's hard to do. But, but Jesus said, I'm not going to allow my flesh to come in between me and my father. Why? Because I'm consumed with my father. I'm consumed with my father. It's like, man, get this. Gather this in your, in your thoughts. Gather this in your, your consciousness. He was about to be stretched out on a cross. He was about to be whipped and beaten physically. Like, he didn't mask that pain as a god. He was about to absorb all of that punishment. And guess what for? For a people that doesn't love him. For a people that doesn't love him. But guess what? His relationship with his father was still even greater than that. It's like he was saying, I'm not going to allow these people that I am going to suffer for to separate me from the love of my father. 
I know my father loves me. Regardless of my father wanting me to go through this, I know he loves me. And I love my father. And I'm not going to allow something petty like people beating and killing my flesh to come in between me and my father. What does that say about his father? It says a lot about his father. So what am I saying to you? Just that. Is God the Father greater than your flesh? Because, see, that's what this is. This, that's what it boils down to. It boils down to you operating in your flesh or you operating in your God. It's just that simple. It's, it boils down to you operating in your flesh or you operating in your God. Because, see, that's the movement, right? That's why God put us here on earth, to operate in him. When he told Adam to name the animals, Adam was operating in God. I mean, he didn't conjure up this, oh, well, let me just give the animals a name. No, God told him to name them. Then God told him what to name them, and that's what he named them. It was one. They were one. They were in unison. Regardless of Adam's flesh, they were in Unison. Now, then Adam didn't know how to operate in his flesh. All he knew how to operate in was God. We know how to operate in our flesh. That's why we will say things like, it ain't no way I'm going to esteem somebody else above me. And it ain't, you ain't saying it just outwardly. No, you're thinking it. If somebody is doing something to you, no, you're going to want to do something back. You're going to want to do something back. And that's just a natural inclination, right? Because why? Because we're so familiar with operating apart from God. But then when you start operating with God, then you know that, you know, God may be putting me in this situation so that they can see something that I can't see. And if I operate in him, then I may be just just may be able to show them him. But we're not going to think like that because we have made the decision that that's how we want to live yet. Even when we say I choose to follow Christ. We say that, but then when, when Christ starts to say things like what I'm saying, because I'm going to tell you where this is leading up, because when we get past 57, the people that read that, let me just read it. Let me just read it. So 58, Jesus went on to say, this is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? What then, if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. I'm giving you a hard saying. I know a lot of people talk about following Christ, but nobody talks about following Christ. Following Christ 
is it a hunky-dory, beautified rainbow, colorful life? Right. Following Christ is a great deal of suffering in a lot of senses. Wow. And it ain't just because you're going to be beaten physically, but it's because you got to learn how to operate in God despite of what your flesh wants. See, we don't, we don't hear this preached. We don't. We hear comfort. We hear, oh, everything is going to be jolly. No, that's a lie. That's a lie. Peter comes straight out the gate and says, if we suffer, happy are ye. Blessed are you. Yeah. Our fathers suffered. Our leaders suffered. He suffered. Why did he suffer? Why? Because he operated in God, and people don't want God. If you have a big population yelling that they want God, then they ain't talking about God. <laughs> tell you they ain't talking about God. It's like, what do you mean they ain't talking about God? Because, see, God ain't here for your flesh. He's here for his glory. He's here for his glory. And then when you start to monitor your life and you start to monitor how is my life bringing God glory, uh, you may find yourself in your flesh getting more glory than God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and, and that isn't to make you feel ashamed or make you feel bad about yourself. No, it is to bring you some awareness of operating in your flesh and operating in God. Because, see, God put us here to operate in him. And when you're operating in him, it ain't about you. It's not about you. It's about God and God's agenda. Jesus said, my father is working. I see him working and I'm working. And see, that's our mindset. Like, what is God doing? Let me tap into it. Let me tap into what he's doing. I mean, you start to say things like, I know my flesh wants to do this over here, kicking and screaming. It wants to do this over here. But I know God wants me to do this over here. And guess what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do what God is wanting me to do because I know this is what he's wanting me to do. If he's wanting me to be still at somebody's gate that, that just ugh, can't stand me, and that's what I'm going to do. If he wants me to pray for somebody that has just beaten me like I'm nothing, that's what I'm going to do. If he wants me to love that person that touched me and he wasn't supposed to touch me, that's what I'm going to do. Apart from my flesh, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I chose to do when I said, Lord, you're my Lord. You're my Lord. You're my king. That's what I chose to do. I chose to operate with him. And guess what? When I choose to operate with him, guess what? He empowers me to do everything he yeah. wants me to do. Just like he empowered his son to hang on a cross from the third to the ninth hour. He ain't asking us to do that. But he is asking us to separate from our flesh and operate in it. He is asking us to do that. I'm completely done for the day. Completely done for the day. If you got any questions, comments, please make them. Make them. This is a hard thing. It is. And as I just read to you, many people turned away. I, I ain't saying it's for you to turn away. Go ahead. It's just wow. That's it. Yeah. Christ is a hard. Yeah, he is. He's a hard change. He is. Mm. The comprehension of Christ is just difficult. Right. Mm. He is. 
make fathom that. Religion tries to make it easy. Yeah. It is. You know, we spend so much time, oh, you can have fun in Christ. Ha. Yeah. Why are we highlighting fun before Christ? Why not? Why not? You can have Christ. Yeah. <laughs> why not? You can have Christ. Not enough. Is that not enough? That ain't uh, enough. You yeah, can have yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he not adequate? Yeah, I didn't uh, think about that. Like, because what did he say? The flesh profit is nothing. nothing. It is merely nothing. It is going to die. It is going to die, guys. Why are we spending so much time harping on the flesh? Why not just spend time harping on something that is everlasting? Yeah. And we can start in everlasting when we start following him on earth. We can just start now. You know what I mean? It's, it's just yeah. one decision. One decision. I'm going to separate from my flesh. I'm going to eat on Jesus' flesh. In other words, I'm going to follow the commands of him. We might, better understand, we might better understand what he meant when he said, come out from among them. Yes. I'm the number one, I'm the number one them. Yes. Wow. Come out. Come out. Come out. Yes. We still, we still abide in them. Yeah. Our philosophy, our thought processes. Yeah. Our, our right to ourselves. Right. Uh, it's me. I got to take care of me. Yes. 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 You yes. are the problem. Yes, and all that and all that says all that says in so many words in so many words is I don't trust you to take care of me. Like nobody's gonna do it. Nobody's gonna take care of me like I'm gonna take care of me. Exactly. Like yes, I can take care of you better. Yeah. Right. Uh, Right. Keep believing. Keep believing that. Yeah. And you're gonna keep doing the same thing. Yep. Following the cycle, confused, mad at God. Making <laughs> different results. Right, mad at God. You let this happen to me. Right. Mad at him. Going on the cycle, the ups, the downs, well, I the ups, the downs. Yeah, I deserve better. Exactly, exactly. I deserve better. And then he's saying, "Oh, you're better than my son, dude. Oh, <laughs> you're oh. better than my son. And he was perfect." <laughs> And he was oh, perfect. Man. Oh, by the way. <laughs> oh, he uh, never repented. He didn't have to. <laughs> right. Right. Never repented. And I do it numerous times daily. Amen. But so, you want to be done better than him. Right. No. Right. And oh, by the way, he did all of that for you. <sighs> yeah. Oh, by that the way. Point. He did that, that for point. you. Oh, by the way. <laughs> oh, by the you way, know. guys. So, 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 you can't separate from your flesh and do just one little thing for him and your fellow man. When you put it like that, like ooh. You can't do wow. one little thing for your fellow man. Yeah. How selfish are you? You know. But, but, but in him we can do all things. You know, and that's, and that's what it's about. Like, that's that's what I am pushing. God, I'm, I've been in prayer. I've been discussing this. Lord, how can I show you? And he says, get out of the way. <laughs> that's what he says. Get out of the way. <laughs> that's what he says. They'll see you. You get out of the way. 
if you get out of the way, they'll see me. Don't make it, don't make it so this, don't make it so that, don't make it. Stop. Say what I want you to say. Say what I want you to say. Do what I want you to do. Yeah. Be, be where I be. Notice, be where I want you to be. Ah. Mm. <laughs> say that again. Say, go ahead, please. Say it. No, it's just so funny because uh, I'm driving. Can't no, tell. Sorry for the white. Um, but sometimes, you know, God changes directions in our life. We think he's about to lead you to this place. And you're like, that's God because it looks like this and it looks like that. That's him. And then when yes. it changes, you're like, oh, no. I thought it was him. Right. I thought it was him. But, you know, it's this. And no, it's still it him. Exactly. Because um, I had an opportunity. A client was supposed to take me to Toronto. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so I'm supposed to be in Toronto, Canada right now. I'm like, yes, thank you, Jesus. You know, I'm out of the country. Yeah. This is God. This got to be God. And the client called and said, we got greater news. You don't have yeah. to get on the flight. Drive to Cleveland. We're going to take you to a business conference there. I'm like, huh? That ain't Jesus? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I have my passport ready. I got my passport. I was good with you what know. you said the first time. Right. right. And then the Lord was just like, you know what? What that is what I cool. have for you in Cleveland is better than what I have for you in Toronto. What if this is me? I have an assignment for you. You have said you were willing to go anywhere I send you. Cleveland doesn't mean, it. you know, is that not anywhere? Hmm. It's only anywhere. It's only anywhere yeah. when I send you out the country. Right. So when I you were excited about that. Right. 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 And, and, and so. Yeah. Yeah. So it just was humbling. Like you know what, God, I thank you in everything. It's still good. Yeah. It's still an assignment. It's still you. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, how you try to put me in a box? Like it. It can only be me when you go. You know, if you're doing this type of thing. Yeah. And I'm like. Just, just follow me. Just follow yeah. me. And so it's very, very, very uh, humbling. Like you said, just what we dealt with in April, exhausting other people. You know, this made it easier on the whole team. And the guy emailed me back, thank you for being a team player. Yeah. And I didn't get it at first. I thought that was, you know, really facetious and sarcasm and, you right. know, putting me down. But as I'm hearing you speak now, just think yeah. about the word of God. It was being a team because it made it easier for somebody who had that conference versus what we were doing out of the country. And so it was like, wow, okay. I was thinking Uh, about me, 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 and how mm -hmm. convenient this is for me. And Mm -hmm. this is about the whole good, the greater good for his that I want to be a part of. And especially in the kingdom of God, it's all about relationships. And a lot of times we get caught up relationship being a title versus man whoop but the relationship of discipleship the relationship is key and who knows the relationship that will be built because of the willingness to follow wherever God sends you even when it is you know yeah (laughs) I know right what I get out of the lesson you saying like if somebody kick you and then or or spit on you that's bad you want to beat them down so, and then they turn around and need a ride from you. What would you do? Would you yeah. give them a, 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 a ride? 
You have yeah. to think about what would Jesus do. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna give you a ride. Yeah, that's what I did. I'm gonna put. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna set myself aside and think about. Okay, well, okay, I come might on. I'm gonna give you a ride. Right there, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what I think. That's good. Yeah, that's an awesome parallel. That's an awesome parallel. You know, and yeah. and and many people will be like, "Well, God ain't gonna put you in that predicament." And that's the point, right? You you don't know what God is doing to bring His glory about mm. through the earth, and 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 that's the that's what you focus on. You know, you you Terrible. separate separate yourself so that the glory of God can be magnified. Like, and that's yeah. the focus, and that is the focus. But see, this is the beauty of it, though. He brings us along for that ride. Like, we get to see his glory spread throughout the earth, right? And people are like, oh, that ain't worth nothing. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, that's, that's worth so much. If you go back, and I mean, a lot of people that like, like loves to read, read Hebrews 11, right? And you start to what they call, you see, the, 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 the hall of faith. They all know they, it's something like the hall of faith. And you see all the men and women of faith and how when you look through the lineage and how Jesus came about through the lineage, and then you look at how it spread throughout the earth to the point to where we have a Bible. Those people suffered and we have a Bible. I mean, a lot of us hold dear to these books. We have one because of those people in faith. Look at what they were a part of, how the movement of God has been spread throughout, even to this day. And can't nobody shut the mouths of God. I mean, can't nobody shut it. And it's still going forth. And then you get latched on to God. You know what I'm saying? And then you have a little bit of suffering for a whole lot of glory. You get a little bit of suffering. Think about that. For a whole lot of glory. That's what you're giving. Just a little bit of suffering, but then you gain a whole lot of glory. Your name goes in the book. People know about you, you know, because now, you know, you start thinking about yourself, right? Everybody wants people to know about them. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wants their story in there. Stephen got his story in the book. Mm. <laughs> Lazarus got his story in the book. Come on, think about that. Everybody know about Lazarus now. Mm-hmm. Everybody know about James, who got his head cut off by here. Everybody know about him. You know what I'm saying? And, and you don't think about that in the moment. You don't think about that in the moment. That's why we come together and we share it and we, we, we share that and then you start thinking about it. And you're like, wow. You know, that, that is worth a whole lot more than that little mm-hmm. bit of suffering. It's worth a whole lot more. Worth a whole lot more. But that's all I have. That's all I have. Well, family, I hope the discussion has encouraged you. I hope it has enlightened you. I hope it has infused you with love and truth to live a life filled with God on purpose. And if it has, join us again for more godly discussions. Thank you.